everybody. Welcome to another episode of Movie Chatter. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. I know you're probably out there partying and, and drinking and, and at bars. And I don't know. What else do we do on St. Patrick's Day? That's about it. That's it. Yep, yep, yep. So everybody's out at the bars right now. That's why we have nobody in, in the chat room other than Jedi Girl. Jedi Girl's here. Carol. I don't see Jedi Girl. She's there. But, okay. Hi, Jedi Girl. I think she's there. She posted good good evening also, I assume. She did. She asked how we were doing. I guess nobody's at the bars right now. They canceled parades. They canceled parades, yep. Yeah. But here is a parade. Here are three Here wonderful... is your party. Listen. Here is your party. While right you are here. stuck at home, we are going to try to bring you as much content as we can. In fact, I think I'm going to start um, streaming after this tonight and uh, do a little bit of gaming. We'll see. I've been kind of been meaning to do that, kind of put it off because my son's here visiting because his school's closed. Mm. Um, there's been a lot going on. You know, I... We talked about this in Random Chatter this weekend. We didn't really want to focus too much on the whole coronavirus thing, but it has affected every aspect of life so much that there's quite a bit of it that was newsworthy, specifically in the context of entertainment news. And well, here's the here's the thing. You guys have been the thing that got me through my day. Oh, I, thank you. I have been having very long days, yeah. um, and I kept thinking you know what? I I need this time away from all of that to connect with some peeps over, uh, you know, um, a movie mm-hmm. um, when we can't go to see movies and other things. And um, there, several times during my day, I thought, oh, I should just text the guys and tell them I'm, I'm going to be dead. But then I was <laughs> like, no, because we all need something to do. And gosh yeah. darn it. This is it. This is this cool. is what we're doing. And you know what? I'm very happy so that tonight everyone. we are going to get to bring everybody some positivity. We are we're <laughs> going to be dis- what movie are we doing tonight? Oh my good lord. We didn't think this through, did we? Joker? It's not <laughs> like we're going to be talking yeah. about the world collapsing and falling apart at the seams <laughs> and and chaos in the streets, right? No, we decided well in advance that we're going to cover Joker. Robin no, that's Batman. If if that this, this <laughs> it's not Joker and Robin. Joker and Robin. Yeah. Eric, Eric, Eric. That wasn't even the joke I was making. I was just flat out blaming you for choosing this movie, and the timing was just impeccable. <laughs> Joker and Robin. I think we have our our episode title though. There it is, Joker and you know, Robin. I like it. We like do. It. Like it. Believe it or not, we do have some positive news though. Do we? I know this isn't a news show, but this is directly movie related. And affects people's ability to see movies. And so I thought, you oh, know, we yeah, toss this I, I, know, I know where you're going. Yep. Yeah, we talked yep, a yep. little bit about some of this in a random chatter and some of it broke since we recorded. But Universal is going to make their movies available for um, what is the term? I guess they're just calling it video on demand, but basically a, rental. a $20 rental. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's going to include The Invisible Man, The Hunt. So one other movie that I'm forgetting. And then later this month, Trolls World Tour, which I also don't care about. Um, we already talked about how Frozen 2 hit Disney Plus streaming three months early. Yep. And uh, what was the other? There was a movie that hit. Oh, Birds of Prey. 
Birds of Prey is going to hit digital release, uh, I think, next week, which, again, is several really? weeks early. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so they're releasing that early as well. Um, so that's really good news if you can't get out to, to see these movies in the theaters. Now, don't expect this to happen much more going forward. The reason this is happening is this is accounting for films that are already in the theaters. What's going to happen is all the theaters are closed. I think well, not all of them, but Regal just announced that they're closing their doors. Other yeah, theaters pretty much everybody will follow. Yeah, yeah. If it hasn't happened yet, it's going to happen. It's just, you know, look at the clock, check in, it'll happen. But when they open back up again, it's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, the scheduled releases are going to be coming out and the stuff that has already been out for a while is going to be taken out of the theaters. Whatever is showing the day the theaters open back up, there are contracts that have already been signed as far as distribution requirements and stuff by the theaters. This stuff behind mm -hmm. the scenes, even with movie theaters, is more complicated than a lot of people are aware of. Not horribly so, but there are deals and contracts that have to be honored. So this stuff that should have been bringing in continued box office revenue is not going to. So this is a way for Universal to recoup their losses. But the things that aren't coming out yet, like we just heard Black Widow has been delayed. So that's official now. They can do that. They can release it later. The stuff that's already been released, they're stuck. They're not going to make any more right. money from it. So this is a way for right. them to recoup some of those losses. And it's beneficial for us. I get to see The Invisible Man without having to wait an eternity. I mean, I can see it sooner. Kind of nice. Wait, wait. You can see The Invisible Man? I can. Wow. See, Lou, when you're old, your, your eyesight starts to... Let me explain how this... Okay. Anyway. We'll save that for offline. That would take way too long. Another <laughs> thing. You guys are familiar with Movies Anywhere? Yeah. Okay. So if you get a digital copy of a movie, um, whether it's a Disney movie, you get something through Voodoo, used to be Ultraviolet while that was still around, they unlock the movie across these different services. So they're kind of all tied in together. They are now implementing a plan where you can share movies with other people. Oh, cool. You not only certain movies qualify, there are a few studios that aren't participating, but basically you can choose to share a movie to someone else. They have to have a movies anywhere account. And I think there's like a 72 hour window in which they have to accept. And then they have like up to a week to watch the movie. So like the limitations are similar to if you rent a movie through Amazon or iTunes or whatever, like right. you have a certain amount of time to unlock it. And then you have a certain amount of time to view it. And then it goes away. It's a similar sort of thing. And there's a limit as to how many times in a month you can lend something out to someone. But that's, I think that's kind of cool. And especially right now with everything going on, People don't have a whole lot to do. This is a great time to catch up on a lot of movies you guys have been behind mm -hmm. on, right? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you start to see more and more stuff happen with movies and streaming and doing stuff. I know even, um, not that it's an organized thing, but uh, I'm part of a Facebook group here in Connecticut with sci-fi fans. And um, we're doing our first ever um, streaming event um saturday for oh, raiders cool. of the lost ark so it's you know you all get your own local copy we can all we all, we'll tell you okay push play in one two three and we'll all watch a movie together and stream and talk about it online and stuff so excellent kind of cool you know we have done that sort of thing before with the random chatter network as part of uh, mm -hmm. patreon perks 
Yeah. And, you know, this might be a really good time we, to revisit that. A lot of people stuck inside, we, nothing to we do. We should do more of that. It'd be great to can we, chat Can we, can we, can we, please, yeah. please, please? Sure. Please. Yay. Pick a date and a time in a movie. Now, the catch is that people would have to have a local copy of it. Because mm-hmm. while there are services that will let you um, distribute things out to people in a group like Rabbit and things like that, uh, some of them are pseudo-legal. Like there are... It's legal based on a technicality at best. And, you know, I think if we take something there, like but, uh, Netflix, that's something yeah. that, you know, most people have access to. I'm not saying everybody does, but, you know, a lot of people do. Most of our audience but, has Netflix. Uh, yeah. But yeah. some of us would might have it if it's classic enough and I don't want to say old, but if it's right it, it, in the mainstream enough, some of us will have DVD copies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. So if yeah. it was like, oh, I don't know. Even Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. I mean, you know, most people that I can think of in our you little don't, You don't want to watch that one with me. That. Trust yeah. me, you don't. There are certain movies you don't want Eric in the audience for. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Space Ark. Odyssey. And I don't even mind the movie. Yeah. I just like making fun of it. Definitely 2001 Space Odyssey. You don't want me doing that. No. You meet Joe Black. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Like, I'd talk a lot through it because there's nothing going on. But there's more going on in that than there is 2001 Space Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like no dialogue in the movie for like the first hour or something. It's true. True. It's by design. By design. So, okay. I like it. If I punch you repeatedly in the face and I tell you that that's by design, does it make you feel any better, Robin? Wow. Right? We just went dark really quick. So this this will lead us right in. We are covering the jam. Our- Exactly. Let's, yeah. let's, let's hit it. All right. So <laughs> the Joker, this came out in uh, 2019. It stars Joaquin Phoenix as the, the title character uh, in this version of the telling that character is Arthur Fleck. It has Robert De Niro, Zazie Beetz, Francis Conroy. Um, who else? Bill Clamp. Glenn Fisher, blah, blah, blah. Mark Marin, people have probably heard of him. And this is, part of me wants to say loosely based on the Joker character from the Batman mythos. I say loosely because it doesn't follow the origin story of the comics. The other characters don't appear from the comics other than the Wayne family. And uh, it's not really a superhero movie inherently um Mm -hmm. there is some debate which we'll get into in a moment as to whether it is even a comic book movie truly or if it's a movie based on comic books and it is it's controversial and a lot of the controversy has to do with the portrayal of mental health in the movie And then it was also controversial because a lot of people who were involved, especially not in the U.S. at the time, who were involved in protests about um, basically government repression and or, quote, the 1% kind of used this movie as a rallying cry based on the events at the end of the movie, which 
well, well, we'll get into spoilers here in just a moment. And we are going to cover spoilers on this movie. We're going to spoil the hell out of it because it's kind of hard not to. It's not really a very plot twist heavy movie. You can pretty much predict everything that happens in it. Not to say yeah. that it's bad writing. It's just it's not a movie that's about surprises, right? Uh, so we're going to get to spoilers in a minute. But as always, I'll, I kind of want to go around the table here and uh, get people's opinions on it and what you guys thought. So, Lou, I'm going to start with you. You are uh, very well versed in superhero movies and science fiction movies, genre movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. What what is your even though this doesn't fit into some of those categories, but what what is your take yeah, so on this movie? So I, I'll break it down into a couple things. Um, first off, the acting, uh, especially from Joaquin Phoenix, was fantastic. Absolutely I mean, he, brilliant. He did a fantastic job. You believed him as that character 110 percent. Um, the story. Uh, and this is where I kind of start having some problems with because, you know, the. The origin of this movie was kind of questionable as to what it was. It wasn't really written as Joker. It was tagged with the Joker name after the fact. It wasn't, you know, things were tweaked. And I'm trying to think to myself, how much more praise did this movie get because of that name attached to it? Right. So for me, it was like, oh, God, how do I rate the movie based on, on that? Um, I mean, first off, would I watch it again? No. Um, yeah. It was, it was definitely hard to watch. Um, just because the content and it was, you know, it was rough to see. And it wasn't all that entertaining to me. I mean, it was, it was good. The acting was good. The the story was yeah, kind of so, so um, and the, the way it was shot was amazing. The cinematography was great. Uh, but yeah, I, I would not go back and see it again. Okay. All right. Um, I'll throw in my two cents before we get to Robin in part, because I'm just going to mimic a lot of what you said. I wanted to watch it a second time prior to this recording, and I just, it was such a downer that mm. I lost interest in rewatching it. Not to say that it's a bad movie or it's not well-crafted. It's just a, a kind of a difficult movie to, to sit through. Um, it, it's very emotionally heavy. Joaquin Phoenix was brilliant. Mm. Uh, just a stellar job. Um, I had wondered before going into it, and I'm more confident of that stance now, that if you took away the Joker name and replaced the Wayne characters with any other, you know, Smith or something, you'd have the right. same movie. It wouldn't have gotten the same notoriety. It wouldn't have gotten the same press. But it doesn't fundamentally change anything at all about the story. It's really about a character struggling with mental health issues and the system. I mean, it's kind of about the system failing him, but I kind of feel like it, it didn't really cover that aspect of things enough. It kept referencing it, but it didn't really show how the system failed. It just kind of stated that it did. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that there will be people who disagree with me on that, but I feel like they, they kind of dropped the ball in that theme in the movie. And then the whole sociological revolt and everything, even the character himself is like, yeah, I'm not into any of that. I don't have any causes. I'm not, I'm not part of that. 
movement. I don't do movements. That's not a thing for me. So the character we're following through the movie, all of this other stuff that's happening out in the streets, it was all triggered by an event that he caused. But we see things triggered by other people all the time that aren't intentional. Look at pretty much every meme on the internet that wasn't created intentionally as a meme. You know, people take it and, and run with things all the time. So it's hard to say that that's what this movie is about either. So if, if you're following just the character, I kind of feel like there are a lot of areas in which the storytelling fell a little flat, but for the most part, I agree with, with what you said, Lou. Um, Robin, what is your take on this movie? I'm really curious. So um, my take is the director is brilliant. Yes. The acting is more than brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, I was very disappointed in the original accusation, in the original conversation around mental health. Okay. Because I, I didn't see it as that. And I think I'm going to agree with both of you. Had it not been called Joker, it would have been, um, the conversation around it would not have been around mental health and its portrayal and the mental health system. It would have been around crime and, uh, social political movements. Uh, and so I, I really feel that many, many, many people came to it with preconceived notions that jokers, uh, the character of Joker is clearly crazy or right. in need of right. Mm -hmm. Whatever. We know the character, whatever. Yeah, historically, we yeah. know the character. And so clearly that character is, is in need of, um, uh, services and support. And therefore that is where we tagged it. Mm -hmm. And in that I was disappointed in the movie because I, th I thought it, it was a, you came with a priori, um, assumptions that, uh, we're, we're going to crucify that system right now in, and, and in this movie, like that's what it was. And I said, no, I, I, I was thinking, no, we are, we are actually looking at, um, how some movements happen. Like this, this is how some movements happen. People become accidental, um, uh, martyrs, right. Mm -hmm. Of some movements. And it, he, he did not intend to start a movement, but a movement started around a single act. So, and, oh, go ahead. And, and that's where I'm a little disappointed. I really felt like they should have focused, they, the director, um, the actor's energies where all eyes are put should have focused on that. And that might've made it a little bit better of a movie for me. I really struggled. My mind really struggled throughout the movie saying, how is this related to the character that I know is Joker from right. many incarnations? And I've been on this planet long enough to remember there are actually comic books out there. Right. And so my mind really struggled with that. And then I, then I realized I just have to let that go, let it go, watch the movie. So I mm -hmm. focused then on what's the lighting like? 
what's the directing like? What is what what is what is Joaquin Phoenix doing right now? Because he's just bring amazingly brilliant. And so once I did that, I enjoyed the movie a lot more. So I'm I'm glad you you brought up some of those points after what you were saying about the 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 themes and 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 such but then them not really focusing and and honing in on some of those things. I want to point out from this point on we are going to cover spoilers. So if you've not seen the movie um mm-hmm. so here here's the thing with this episode. I I think if you're on the fence about seeing the movie at this point you've probably heard enough about it that whatever your feeling is as far as whether you think you'll like it or not is probably pretty accurate. I I don't think there's a lot of surprises. Like whatever opinion you formed by this point is probably the opinion you'll have leaving the movie. It was a, as we said, a brilliantly crafted movie. I think there were some significant storytelling failures and we'll get to those in a minute, but we are going to talk about spoilers. So if you want to stay spoiler free, this is your chance to pause this you know, you, you're probably working from home or have a lot of time now that you're not going and doing other things. It'd be a good opportunity to watch the movie, though. Be warned. Um, it will trigger some people. Uh, it's just it's a very heavy movie. Um, mm-hmm. So here's maybe this is a good time for us to give them a little bit of FAQs about it. OK, Right. So I do want to come back to one of your points, though. I don't want to lose it. So but what are the FAQs? Let's do that. And then we'll give. All right. So FAQs. Director is Todd Phillips. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And uh, he is also Todd Phillips is also one of the writers. Right. And this is this is some of my favorite things about movies when writers and the you know, the director is also has a hand in the writing because there's where you've seen some some see some seamless things happening. Um, right. Right. In movies. So. Um, uh, right. We we've already talked about uh, some of the actors in there um, uh, that gave us brilliant performances. So uh, uh, Mr. De Niro. Right. Mr. Phoenix. Um, and I just want to make sure that um, we give, you know, sort of proper praise to Mr. Phillips. So. Absolutely. I think that, so I I agree with you that the directing was great. I think that the scenes were well-written. So I, I have not read the script, but I imagine that the screenplay was very good, but I think there were some problems with the story. But that well, that aside, I I think that he he did a phenomenal job and definitely deserves some credit for this. See, well, I, you were, I don't know. I I kind of disagree a little bit because okay. I mean I I thought that I mean while the direction was was good, I don't think it was something that was so stellar that I'm like oh my god who directed this I want to know who and watch more of his stuff. Um, it it came off a little. I don't know. Like you said in the very beginning, it, it's it's there's no surprises here. It's kind of. Mm-hmm you know what's coming and it, 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 there was no twists and turns. Not that every movie has to have twists and turns, but right. I, you know, so it, I'm looking back at what Todd Phillips has done, both uh, writing and directing. And this seems to be his first mm-hmm. non-comedy. I mean, if you guys think about it, the hangover. Y- yeah. Right? I mean, 
The Hangover, War Dogs, Due Date, Hangover Part Two and Part Three, right. um, Old School Road Trip. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff, but Some I'm of like, those are good. Yeah, yeah. I'm Some, not saying they're so bad, much. but yeah. it's just you know, I mean, they're funny, they're good, but I'm like, it, it seems like he almost missed the mark with this movie. He didn't really. I feel like he didn't have a good handle on on what to do with this, and, and I kind of took more of that as. There was writing changes to make this a Joker movie versus what it was originally written as. And see, for the writing, I agree with you. For the directing of the scenes, I thought he did a really good job of capturing. And part of this is Joaquin Phoenix as well. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that, yeah. So I think he was able to catch storytelling through non-dialogue moments and through performances. And I thought he did a really good job of showing the progression of the character through those types of moments. But mm-hmm. I do fully agree with you when it comes to the story. And I think this is one of one of my issues with this. And this goes back a little bit to what Robin was talking about. I think that they had a lot of missed opportunities with the storytelling here. So they had an opportunity to really get into mental health. And I feel like they didn't. I feel like... The, and though, as Robin said, a lot of people, I think, went in with this perception that, oh, they're talking about Joker. And obviously you can tell from the trailer that there's a lot of character development going on here and they take the character very seriously. So therefore, they must be exploring things like psychosis and mental health and such. They didn't really cover mental health. And as no. a psychology no. nut, I was really looking forward to that aspect of it. And they just kind of bypassed it entirely. Um Crime was uh, a prevalent theme in in the film, but they did they really deal with that as a theme? Not really. They put it out there, and I don't think they did much with it. And then the most compelling aspect of the movie, I think, is like Robin said, look what can happen. Look look at this this wildfire that can start from a tiny little spark of what one person does unintentionally. I mean, that first act on the subway, that wasn't premeditated. And then he wasn't trying to start a movement. And then even after the movement started, he could have kind of stepped in and owned it. And he really didn't want to. It. So that was a really interesting point that these things can just kind of spark up out of nowhere, unexpected, and just really take over. But they didn't really do anything with that either. They presented it at the very end of the movie and said, hey, see, this is what can happen. Okay, bye. There was no storytelling with any of that. So I think what I hear you saying is is, um, they wanted to do too much. And in wanting to do too much, there was so little focus on each of the the triad. So if you want to make a statement on mental health, you failed because you didn't focus enough. You want to make a statement on social political movements. You failed because you didn't focus too much. If you wanted to make a statement about the origin of a, of a, what will become a comic book, um, villain, then you, yeah, I mean, that part was right out the window. They didn't even attempt that part. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going to agree. They tackled, I think there are unintended unintended consequences in trying to tell a story where you don't find a focus. Right. And and I think this is what happened here. They didn't feel it didn't ever feel like they had something to say about 
any of these issues. At best, they kind of showed how something spiraled out of control, but they didn't really, they showed like a change with the character, but they didn't really explain why, or again, they didn't delve into the mental health aspect of it at all. The sociological aspect of things, they kept hinting at people being frustrated with the 1% kind of thing. And then this thing became a rallying cry for people, but they, it, it just, it happened in the background. Like the Joker walks out of the building and the streets are on fire. Like it didn't really show any progression of how this movement got started, why this movement got started. It's just, it was just kind of there. Like he walked outside into it. That's not storytelling. That's just there. Now the presentation again, incredible. I, I just feel like there were so many missed opportunities here. And on top of that, it wasn't an enjoyable movie to watch. Again, if you're into the craftsmanship no. of stuff, it was, but man, like to just sit and watch this, this it was, was, it was hard to watch. Yeah. yeah. And it was supposed to be, and that's fine. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But because it didn't say something like Saving Private Ryan is another movie I use as an example of this. It was a brilliant movie, but, and it's a movie I have rewatched, but I don't know that I'm ever going to go rewatch it again because there were just a lot of mo moments that were just really emotionally draining moments. Like the first 20 minutes. Like the yeah. first 20 minutes and like the very <laughs> it's a ending. It's a rough watch. Yeah. yeah. So I'm probably never going to watch it again, but it, it said things. I feel like this movie doesn't really say anything. It doesn't have any sort of statement to make. It doesn't have a story to tell. So what does it have? It's an art piece. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a good art piece. But it's merely yes. art without anything else. Well, let me talk about that. Okay. Because I, I want to, I really want to honor it as, as a piece of art. Sure. If you okay. ever rewatch this again, what I encourage you, you all to do is look at the lighting, look at the use of color, look at the use, look at the use of his, um, um, uh, the Joker's body and how he uses his body to express his emotions. If you look at the difference between, um, his facial expressions and his body, right? His body movements, his body in space and time. It is brilliant. It is like yes. watching a dancer take on a very difficult and complex choreographed piece and giving you something really artistic and brilliant with that. And I'm going to argue that for just about every character, even in his immature stoicism, um, uh, Bruce Wayne, right? He's, he's in, he's, he's this immature child. Um, but you can see in his, in the way he, he holds his body and the way he controls his, his emotions, you can actually see his upbringing in that. He says very little, Bruce Wayne, um, but you can see the next iteration of him um, if if this would have followed that superhero line, right? And right. so, and that is where the director, the artistic director, the lighting, the lighting director, the cinematographers all come together and say, 
here's here's what we want to do. And maybe now maybe I'm agreeing with you that maybe the writing is the thing that failed us. Um, because everybody else seemed to bring their A game for me mm-hmm. in, in this, even in the I agree emphatically. Oh my gracious. Let's talk about the costuming, right? And the set design. Mm-hmm. Um, really, there wasn't a flaw there that I, that I could see. The, the set design. This felt like a real version of Gotham. Like if you were to take the Gotham City that we see in the comics... And mm-hmm. then try to put it in a more realistic setting. This is like even more so than with the the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Like this Gotham is something that's very relatable. And it feels right. Like I could see this actually being Gotham City for real. Mm-hmm. So the way yeah. they handled the sets... Um, I'll be honest, costuming is not something I always pay that close attention to. So there are probably a lot of nuances there that flew right past me. That's just my own failing. But yeah, the presentation of the movie was incredible. I just think it it, it succeeds as an art piece. Like it's good in that regard. And I'm not even just talking in, in terms of, you know, the clowns, right? Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about that kind of costuming. No, no, we're talking I'm, I'm, clothing. I'm talking no. about dressing an entire set. Right, exactly, Even yeah. though the clowns uh, were perfect, perfect. Um, and and that is the piece that excited me now. Um, here's, here's the problem with mainstream America, right? They don't get as excited about stuff that I do. <laughs> Right. Well, I, wait, I'm a minute, little, wait a minute. So you just said, listen, if you don't like what I like, that's just a problem with all of mainstream America. <laughs> all of you are not like, I'm just saying, like Robin. It's a problem. It's a problem for the studio, right? Okay. The studio can't play to such a narrow audience. I that see they what you're saying. Have. Okay. I was going to say, wow, you're please, not normally that narcissistic, but wow, that was impressive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All no, the, you're right. The studio didn't have... Else. The the audience didn't have the same appreciation for the things that you do or else the studio would have been happy. But, you know, honestly, the movie did really well. So I don't think the studio is that upset. <laughs> you know, it made a couple of dollars. Yeah, just but, a few. Made a few bucks. But again, I, I wonder if it made all this money because, A, again, it was a realistic take on a character that is iconic in comic books, that is a serial killer that they can't, they've never really felt the liberty to take in a dark direction before in a realistic way. And now they're finally doing that. So this is kind of the movie that comic book fans had wanted their whole lives. And then number two, look at, at how successful the movie was outside the United States in areas where there was this social unrest that the movie reflects, even though I would argue that it reflects it badly, it does directly reflect it in a way that hasn't really been getting touched by any other movies out there. And it became Mm -hmm. a rallying cry. Uh, It, this movie made bank. I mean, I think some of it was, you know, the name Joker brought a crowd. Yeah. The more, the more of a crowd that got around it before it came out, there was a controversy over how violent it was and mm-hmm. everything that went on with that, and that drew more people to it. It's, it's that whole train wreck thing. You can't look away. You, you got to watch it. Right. 
And and I think that had a lot to do with what it made dollar wise in the box office. Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, the whole any press is good press argument mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So I think this movie, unlike many others, I I think the staying power for its storyline will tell us with Joker two. Uh, see, I, do you guys want see, a Joker two? No, I do not well, want a Joker two. It's it's out there. It's, I know. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's going to happen. There. You know, and, as a movie, but I think to that's going to be the 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 thing that says, um, you know what, uh, Joker one, Joker might have made a bunch of money, Joker two didn't. Oh, so yeah, we should probably not do that again. Yeah, yeah I'd be surprised if Joker two makes anything. You know, half of what this one did. Well, because see, I think it's going to focus. I I think that it's going to be enough to get people in the seats. Yeah, I suppose. But like, do where really do you go care? from here? Huh? Yeah. Do you really? Because it, yeah. it, it didn't catch the superhero people. It no, didn't but catch. It lo- right. Well, it caught enough and of them. And yet that's what Lou just said. It didn't catch whoever. Like fill in that blank with whoever you want. But whom it did right. catch brought in 18 gazillion dollars at the box office. So right, right. Yeah. does it matter whether or not it brought in a particular demographic if it brought in that much globally? But right. don't forget, it might have brought them in, but it didn't satisfy them. No, I so don't know about it, that either, though. It got a lot of good press and good huh? reviews. What's, uh, so, somebody have the Rotten Tomatoes up? Yeah, I got the Rotten Tomatoes up right here. It, um, 68% tomato meter. Oh wow! Eighty-eight percent audience score. Okay, so, so even it, more so. The critics are saying the same things you were saying, Eric, about it being shallow and not having a lot of, you know, depth and maybe being too broad to cover anything in particular. Um, but uh, yeah, it just here's here's and, why I think it'll work, Robin, because okay, it's not about the superhero angle. It's All about right. the fact that. People are angry. Yep, yep. This movie captured people's anger. It, it captured the anger of a character who was not being taken care of by society, who was unable. He tried to integrate him into himself into society and failed, not necessarily through his own failing, though he was obviously imperfect, but in part because of society itself. And then kind of spiraled out of control. And then he was relatable enough that those of us as a society or individuals who also are angry at the way our society is, and our society is pretty messed up right now. There's a lot to be angry about, but I think for all of us who are psychologically stable enough to not go out and shoot people, to not go out and, like cars on fire in the streets and stuff like that. This is a little bit of an avatar for us to kind of project ourselves onto for a little bit of catharsis. And I think that there's an aspect of that that is responsible for this movie having been so successful. And I think why people will go to see a sequel regardless of like, if they can, brand it even similarly to what the first one was, people will show up in droves. People are angry and they capitalized on it. But then it also has to be timely. Yeah. Be- true. Because 
given this time and this space in what the entire globe is going through, I, I'm going to predict we're going to see some shifts in movies. Meaning... Right. So in what way? So I, I don't disagree with you, but let's let's explore that for a minute. So, um, you know, we talk about the timeliness of movies mm-hmm. and them capitalizing intentionally or unintentionally on what's going on in society. And I I'm going to predict that um, we might see um, alternate endings in movies that are currently in production or thinking about being in production much like we've seen before where they change the ending to be either more happy or more dark, depending on the outcome of this particular social uh, climate that we find ourselves in. And we have seen that before. True. We have. Mm -hmm. So right now, the main thing that's going on, I mean, the whole 1% argument has been an issue for a long time, even before it had that label of quote, the 1%. Right. And we've seen stories tackle that story, but I don't think it it's made anybody change what they do about storytelling so far. So but what we see right now is we've got the coronavirus situation. So we've got it both as a pandemic and then we have governmental responses to it. We mm-hmm. have Uh, the international diplomacy issues of countries responding to one another about it. We have uh, governmental transparency and Mm -hmm. how much is being communicated to people. We've got the issue of kind of living in a disposable society. We have a lot of manufacturing that goes on, at least here in the United States, and I imagine other places as well, where warehousing of goods is no longer done. You manufacture, where I work, we manufacture things, we ship it within 24 hours to our customer, our customer being the stores, Walmart, Mm -hmm, Target, mm -hmm. Costco, whatever. Then it hits their distribution center, immediately goes out to their local locations. There's no warehousing anymore. There's So the, the economy side of it and the preparedness side of it is different. Um, There are a lot of things that we're observing where our system is I don't think it's going to catastrophically come crashing down. I don't mean to be like, no. you know, reactionary or anything, but we're seeing some of the cracks in the armor that we didn't see before because nothing's are being put to the test. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Cause that's the only thing I can really see here that could cause a change in how we tackle storytelling. Well, you know, I'm talking about any, any film that's either in thought pre-production, post-production, filming that whose ending might might trigger um, uh, reminiscence of however this is going to turn out. Um, and so I'm thinking of the movie Get Out, right? We had an alt, we had the original ending pulled because of the political climate. And we were given an alternate ending because it didn't test well, right? Um, in terms of what was going on in terms of race and um, socioeconomic class in this country. And so I, I can't predict because I don't have my crystal ball out. Um, oh, I th- you should I think be prepared when to. we do the show, it's, Robin. You should bring yeah. it with you. I'm trying. We can use Lou's head. It's got kind of a... Hey. It got very it got very tired today at my, at my other job. So, yeah, it's um, overused. 
it's overused. But yeah. here's the thing. We don't know how this is going to end. But what I want to say is we could have films out there whose endings can change given how this is going to end. Relationships between um, the people and their governments, right? Relationships between the people and their healthcare providers, their, right? So we don't know. But we've seen it before in in movies. And we... Um, so, you know, there, this could Joker 2 could have a very different take given the juxtapos, juxtaposition between Joker, our political climate vis-a-vis -vis our social services, mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, where we're headed with this. Um, and I find it, I'm sorry, folks, don't, don't think I'm evil. I find it kind of intriguing. I, I find myself at a space and time where I want to see what's going to happen. Cause I, I, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm an optimist. I'm a believer in the human race. Yeah, we we'll will that. survive. Yeah. You know what? We will pull together. We will gather in small groups and celebrate the small things for the time that we need to, because that's what we need to do. And when we're free again to celebrate in large groups um, and have parades and things like that, we will do that. Um, and so it's very interesting uh, to find ourselves in this place in time if we just stay open and stay aware of yeah. the opportunities that present us. I didn't want to interrupt you. I want to hear from Lou too. But real quick, thank yeah. you uh, in the chat room, Yellow Room official. Thank you for the follow to the stream. We really appreciate it. We're glad you're here. We hope you're enjoying the show. Lou, any thoughts? Any thoughts on this? Not that, that you need to be an optimist, because, I mean, you know, let's be realistic. Uh, no, I mean, a little, you know. we have jackets. They're really <laughs> cute. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, what do you think you know, about this? Are we going to see some, some changes in storytelling going forward, do you think? Not because of Joker, but this is one of those movies where there's relevancy to what's going on in the world around us at the time it was made and the time it came out. And now we're sure. seeing this stuff. I don't want to get into the whole coronavirus thing, but uh, we're in it and well, things are changing. I mean, you're going to see some movie. I mean, movies take on the, the persona of the, the times we live in. Right. So it, right. You know, if we're in bad times, you're going to see more darker movies. If we're in happy go lucky times, you're going to see more happy movies. Um, I mean, with the current environment, we're going to see more dark stuff. I think, um, you know, I joked about this on social media beginning of the week. I was like, you know, I always thought the most, most interesting part of a disaster movie or a post post-apocalyptic uh, post -apocalyptic movie was how we got there. And I'm yeah. like, no, 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 I shouldn't have asked because I don't want to, I don't want to live that. I just want to know how they got there, <laughs> you know? And I think that that's kind of what we're heading towards. But I mean, are we going to see more like this? And, you know, Joker 2, do, do we need it? No. Where do you go with this? And I thought it was funny. I was reading some stuff on Wikipedia earlier about this and Phoenix said he didn't want to do superhero stuff. Right. Especially like Marvel Cinematic, because they don't want to be tagged into one character and have to do multiple films on one character. Yeah. Right. Now you do multiple films on Joker. So really, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, one and done. I mean, I it's also a business been. too. I mean, he's going to get paid oh, sure. to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, get it. Yeah. You know, but that was his. He didn't want to for that reason. Right. But. Um, I mean, I don't think we need a sequel to this. I, I don't no. think you know the the Joker character is something I want to see the more about him. I mean, he, he's a, 
he's a supporting character for Batman. Right. And, he, I mean, and he's he, an interesting supporting character. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, but he's yeah, still yeah. a supporting like he character. A, but, uh, you know, I think you said it before, and I'm not sure if you coined the term or somebody else had it and you picked it up on it. But, you know, the villain is only as good as uh, – sorry, the hero is only as good as the villain, right? And, and those yeah. two are a great, you know – not to use another Batman villain, but two sides of the same coin. You know, they're, there's you know, a symbiosis not, not, there. Yeah. I mean, it's not two faced per se, but you know, they are the yin and yang of what they do. In fact, so, it, it's kind of a running thing in the Batman mythos that Joker claims that he exists because of Batman. And that's, so if I remember back to my childhood, the, the, um, wham and bam cartoon days where you those saw those words count. come those up. Don't. On, that's don't not the real Batman. <laughs> but see, here's here's how I grew up, right? It was the nemesis were always either Penguin and or Joker, and sometimes they teamed up. But Batman always knew one of those two were right. Don't forget and, the Riddler. And uh, yes, all right, yes, the Riddler. Um, and so it always came down to all right, which one of you three? Um, Right. You know, are trying to thwart me now. So I I believe there is a relationship there. The relationship between Batman and Joker that was presented in this film is way less compelling than the relationship in other iterations from my perspective. I just don't buy the false the false relationship spoilers, the false relationship of insinuating that um, Joker's mother had was impregnated by Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's father, and therefore is Bruce Wayne's half brother. Is that, is that, is that the appropriate? Yes. Yes. I, I don't buy it. Don't buy it. Um, I don't know about you guys, but that was a weak plot point. And did they even, and I don't want, I don't want for the sake of the argument here, I don't want your speculations or opinions on it, but did they clearly state in the movie, whether that was accurate or not, because they seem to indicate it was accurate. Then they seem to indicate that Thomas Wayne's uh, assertions that it was false were correct, that it didn't happen. And then there seemed to be some ambiguity. Did they clear it up? I, I don't think there was ambiguity when you read the papers that that um, uh, that that he uncovered with the adoption. Right. Um, clearly, she adopted him for the purposes of perpetuating that uh, fantasy love affair. Right. With That's Thomas what I had Wayne. thought, but then I seem to recall some, Absolutely. like maybe there was another thing that added something to it, but then that was about the point where I kind of felt like I was checking yeah. out on what was left but of the I story. F- I feel like that contributed to um, the Joker's spiraling down even further because yeah. he lost, he lost a belief in the only person who cared about him. You lose a belief in your mother and that that's devastating. Yeah. You know, um, and and it's devastating in your soul, not just in your psyche, not just in your emotions. That is a deep devastation because you've 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 been lied to um, by the person who you count on most 
if if there is no paternal figure there. And, and in his case, not only the person he counted on most, but the only person he counted on at all. Like it wasn't just that this was his mother, it's that yeah. his mother was also the only person he really had. But yeah. then his whole life. Then you find out that this woman abused you. Right. So, right. This very, and, and you had blocked that out or you, you had somehow blocked that out so you could move on with your life. And so for him, that spiral was deep and it was dark. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't know that any mental health system in any country is able to pull somebody successfully out of that without intense focus, which obviously I would argue no mental health system has on an individual. I don't think it's impossible to help someone get through that. I don't think it's impossible, but I I think as a mass mental health system, right? He, He didn't, he, he, he didn't have money. He didn't have privilege. He didn't have the wherewithal to get that type of focus that you and I are both talking about here. Yeah. We're talking about a public, publicly available mental health system. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's where everybody was counting on um, getting some real thought stuff out of that argument. But again, too many, too many foci, you lose focus. Yeah. It really felt more like a, a, a checklist of checking things off throughout his downward spiral rather than actually yep. exploring what any of that meant or any root causes of any of like it, it just, here's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, great. But why? Like, what are you trying to say with it? And to me, that's really where this movie fell flat and where it failed again, brilliant as an artistic film. And kind of, I hate to say, but kind of crappy when it came to story. It just was not, like it didn't have one. It had events, it had a plot, but it was a plot without a story. Well, I think that's some of the problems too. When you have a movie that's this heavy and this, you know, uh, heavy is, is the best word to use, you almost expect it to have a meaning and to get a point across and to be more than a movie Right. And and this didn't, you know, it, it was it was more designed to me as a as a popcorn movie to be entertaining, but it wasn't yeah. entertaining because it was so dark. And I ha- I have to wonder how much more this movie would have done if. If it had that value to it as well, like you can't call the movie a failure because it's one of the biggest box yeah. office releases, uh, especially for an R rated box office release ever. So it was obvious, obviously a success, and yet creatively, it was a major success in one way and a major failure in another way, at least in my opinion. And, mm-hmm. and what could this movie have done if it succeeded in both areas, where they actually explored some of these issues and made some substance with it and had a point to make, or it didn't, didn't even have to, excuse me, it didn't even have to be preachy about it, but just... Mm present us with something instead of just a spectacle. And the spectacle was beautiful, but it could have been so much more. And just think of how far it could have gone beyond what it did. If it had also had either a story or a, a statement to make, I don't know. You know, 
but but the one thing you run the risk of in this, and this has more to do with us as a viewing public that takes to Twitter at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. If if they had done a better job of say talking about mental health and in in giving their own thoughts on it or or giving more light to it. People would have disagreed with that because it's not their thought on how it should have been. So there'd be some negative. You know, I mean, there's you can't please please everybody. So you know, you may please somebody with that, but then other people are going to say, "Oh, well, you didn't get that right because this shouldn't have been that way." And you know, you know, it's just so. But then, at what point do you stop trying to please anybody? Like you can't (laughs) just have everything be so generic (laughs) that Mm. it doesn't say anything anymore. That's very true. Yeah. So, but but I get your point though. You're right. You can't. This is a delicate, yeah. a delicate subject. But on the other hand, we have to talk about it because this is something. Like I was talking to my son, and uh, you know I've shared with people before. I I have autism. My son has autism, and there's a whole package of issues that come along with that. And I was talking to him because he had been depressed recently, as many people are, and as many people feel he felt like he was all alone in it. And I had to explain to him, do you understand the vast majority of people at some point in their lives have struggled with depression and everybody feels like they're alone. Nobody actually, well, I shouldn't say nobody. Most people aren't actually, there are people who would be willing to be there for them if they were able to open up with it. And for generations, you don't open up about mental health issues or you're shunned as being broken and flawed and unable to be functional in society, which is not actually the case. And so now what's changed, for example, he has programs available to help him get through school and things like that. I didn't have those things available when I was a kid. Those things came about because these discussions are happening and because society is changing its perception of mental health, starting with the healthcare system, as flawed as that is, but then moving out toward just general people. And now, like even here on Twitch, you have people who are very proactive in talking with their chat rooms and stuff about, you know, their own experiences with mental health issues and stuff. So these discussions are being had. And you're right, Lou, that everybody's going to have their own perception of how the movie may or may not have handled a certain issue. But then again, at some point, if you're having a discussion, you got to have a point. You you have to be saying mm. something or else you're just talking to hear yourself speak. So can I bring something up here? Um, there is a character in this movie that I want to talk to you guys about. Okay. His name is Gary. Gary is characterized as being um, uh, the, the midget clown. Little person. Sorry, little person. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is this moment in the film that is a huge social commentary right now. And that is when um, uh, jo- Joker says to Gary, um, and I'm going to quote it. So I'm going to turn away for one second just mm-hmm. to get the quote. Gary and Gary says, yeah. And Arthur Fleck says, you're the only one who was ever nice to me. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the moment where he, he, in, in this moment in the movie where you think, don't, don't kill Gary, please don't kill Gary, please don't kill Gary. He does not kill Gary. 
And so there was this moment of humanity shining forth for me that was a reminder that it doesn't cost us anything to be nice to people. Yeah. And it's not like you're trying to save your life. Gary certainly wasn't nice to him to save his life because he was nice to him in all of his previous encounters with Arthur. Right. So, so there, if I was the only, if I was to grab something from this movie, um, I'm not successful at being nice to everybody all the time. I don't think anybody is, but if there was that moment of let's remember to all be humans, that is the moment that I would take from this movie. Yeah. And you do see the counterpoint of that with, uh, such as Robert De Niro's character. Um, the Arthur Fleck is on the talk show and he's like, I'm only here so that you can ridicule me. Yes. That's the only reason you Mm -hmm. brought me on the show. So that shows the flip side of that very moment that you're talking about, Robin. And I think you're right. It's interesting that that, that one moment is a valid takeaway from, from this movie and is actually a, a point, a statement. I kind of mm-hmm. feel like it was such a small moment and the movie wasn't necessarily about that. You could argue, though, that maybe the movie was about the otherwise lack of that. But mm-hmm. then absolutely to show a movie be about a lack of something, you have to be very clear in what it is there is a lack of. So it's it's still like, I guess maybe I feel like I'm I'm grasping at straws here and saying that it kind of sort of hits that. But yeah, that's that's something. And, and I mean, that's a very powerful point. I don't want to diminish that at all. I just think that the movie didn't really do enough even with that one point. It made that one point really well for a moment and then it moved on to a bunch of other things where it didn't really do those other things well. But to me, this is a a, a different level of suspending disbelief, right? So it's easy for us to suspend disbelief when a man in a flame suit goes up into outer space and you know that's like uh whatever you know yeah iron man but um it's harder to spend disbelief when it is a movie about every single instance of everybody's day right because you've got to drag yourself into that character's psyche in order to understand how difficult it is every single minute of that day in order to set aside your ego, suspend disbelief, let somebody in, set aside, right? So you, it's very difficult to do that on a daily basis. And mm-hmm. I feel like we're struggling as a society right now to understand that, that that is actually a mantra, that is a practice, that is bringing the meditation mat, right, out into daily life. Um, that is the treat every human who comes before you moment as you've never seen them before and you need to treat them kindly, regardless of what has happened in the past. Right. That is extremely, I am not 
at anywhere successful in this at all. So I am not preaching. I'm just saying that is the takeaway for me from this movie. And I need those reminders. I need those reminders. I agree with you. And I was very happy in that moment to see that the movie, as much as it failed to be clear on many Mm -hmm. things, and you could argue that that's part of the art of it is to, you know, form your own conclusions, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I get that. But I'm glad they were clear on that point because I think that that is one of the single most critical things about being a human being that we as a society fail at daily and that that needs to be one of the most highly focused upon things that we each work on to fix about ourselves. And that's something that I have been endeavoring to change about myself and and to improve on. And I imagine I will continue to need to improve on that until the day I die. But it's something that I'm, even despite my failures at that very thing, I'm very passionate about. And I was very glad for the movie to very clearly call that point out. That being said, I would have been a lot happier with this movie if this movie really became about that point and nailed Mm -hmm. that point home as a central theme of the movie instead of just kind of a moment. Like, I agree with everything you're saying about it, Robin. I I feel like that's another area in which they had an opportunity to take that success in the movie, that one momentary success of storytelling and, and having a moral theme or an ethical theme or however you want to label that theme. And then really reinforcing that and saying, here's what happens when it goes well. Here's what happens when it goes badly instead of just throwing all this stuff out there. It's like all these pieces everywhere. And yeah, I can pick up all the pieces and I can kind of get some super glue and and put them together and make something out of it myself. Yeah. And I don't mind doing that. I don't have to have things spoon fed to me, but also I kind of feel like I just walked into a mess and it's on me to try to figure out some value to this movie beyond the art. And I kind of feel like that means that the storytelling wasn't cohesive enough to actually tell a story that I have to kind of concoct my own story out of it to project onto this movie. That's what bugs me. But I love that point. That, that you mentioned from the film. That was the, the one moment in the film where I'm like, yes, that yeah. exactly. Yes. They, they got that. And thank goodness for that. Luke? But I stand by my point that otherwise it was lacking. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with both of you guys. On that. I mean, I don't have any strong opinions either way. I don't think. Yeah. Well, and I think here's where, again, this, you can talk about scope and sequence, classic uh, film theory, all you want. But if your scope and sequence don't have a single focus, then you have scope, sequence, scope, sequence, scope, sequence. You're just all over the place. So, Robin, you were a tangled mess. You're a film instructor. Um, why don't you elaborate on when you say scope and sequence? Explain to our right. listeners what you mean by that. So every story has to have some sort of a nexus, right? Some sort of, some would call it plot, but really there's, there's a place where the audience should all focus their eyes, ears, uh, and emotions. 
And then from that scope, which is the decision of the directors, the director really, because he's looking at what the writers have said. He's looking at what everybody has, the producers and the uh, director, the various directors, artistic, cinemagraphic, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, he's basically saying, nope, here's the writers have said, you know, here's the focus, here's the locus. Um, and then from there, he draws a scope and a sequence and everybody needs to follow step. So, and that is when you have this coherent, that is what the director intended. Yes. He's brought the writer's ideas. He's brought everybody else in on the conversation right. and he is directing that symphony. It's he's conducting that symphony here. Um, when even a few notes are flat, it's up to the director to bring it back. Nope, this was our original intent. This was our goal. We're sticking to this goal until the studio decides to change that goal, right? Yeah. And then, um, and and I think this is where maybe there were too many cooks in the kitchen, Um and nobody had a clear direction. Um, and so the director did his best to pull three, what we've identified here, there might be more as three divergent streams uh, into a river and then it gets lost. You know, I'm kind of curious about that. I did not keep up with the production of this movie while it was happening. Oh, And I'm I curious either. as to whether, did they have an issue with say studio interference or, you know, you mentioned too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was, was that a, a reported issue on this movie or are you speculating I, I that it, it comes across as if there were Lou? I didn't do a deep dive on this, but there was some stuff about um, the director talking about many hurdles they had to, to do to produce this movie. And it was, mm -hmm. Dealing with, you know, the fact that it was Joker and an iconic character and what they had to do to make that happen. Yeah. Um, but he started writing this this story back in, was it 16? Yeah, it mm -hmm. says Phillips pitched the idea of Joker to Warner Brothers after his War Dogs movie premiered in August of 2016. Um, uh, it would not surprise me. Yeah, I can't find the exact quote, but various people, whether it be studio interference or, or whomever. I mean, it, DC Comics is a big franchise. It's a big, uh, yeah. something they're pr protective of. Well, this was also around the time, I mean, Jared Leto was also pretty pissed off about this too, because he was playing oh, Joker right. in that stuff. And yeah. he tried to get this project killed a couple of times and that didn't happen. And, um, but there's a whole bunch of that stuff. I, I guess the, the Warner brothers wanted Leonardo DiCaprio to play Joker and Phillips said he was only considering, hmm. Phoenix. So, you know, a lot of stuff was probably going on around this that he seemed to get his way on a lot of it, but I'm sure not all of it. Okay. Well, and again, here, here's, here's the thing. I, I, I think I like it better when a director is fighting a studio for a vision. I, I don't, I think, I think I'm almost ready to be able to call films where the studio has said, nope, you know, director, um, you will do this or else. And then the director says, okay. Or the director says, you know, um, 
not so much you, uh, and do <laughs> do my own thing. Because I think we've seen many, many successes where a director has said, yeah, no, not so much you. And I'm doing that because we're not ex- an explicit show. <laughs> Fill in the blank for not so much. Right. Um, and, you know, sometimes those are the best films. True, but do we because- not see more failures at that? Because really the only directors oh, who are going to succeed consistently that are people who have enough uh, merit and and backbone behind their own name as their own brand necessarily you know jj abrams can do that and uh obviously you've got spielberg scorsese lucas etc blah 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 but but don't forget lucas did that when he didn't have the creds i mean lucas basically said i'm i'm making this movie right but Mm -hmm. he his problem yeah. was that nobody would pick up the movie in the first place. He wasn't fighting with the studios during the making of it. He was fighting to just have anybody even give him the money for it. And then when they did, but when they, they didn't did, really interfere along the way, they, well, no, he had an advocate at the studio. Yes. yes. Supporting him. The studios were, putting up barriers every step of the way he had an, it, he had an ally. Um, am I wrong? I, I, mean, I you don't can want ask to me too, Robin. I've, I've read a couple of things well, on no, star I, Wars. No, I know. I know. Something but about, saying, you know, a, a, I want to bring Lou in on this conversation. I don't want to feel like I'm uh, yeah. alone. The Vulcan guy with the little hand salute thing. You know, I've read on Star Wars. Well, that's the coronavirus salute thing. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, um, you should don't get mixed up here. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Um, so, I get... No, I go with Eric. It wasn't so much him fighting the studio on making it. They didn't right. have a hand in... They couldn't get it made initially. ...decisions on what he was trying to do. They were just right. fighting him on the whole making of it thing. Yeah. Not... We want you to have this character to that character. Yeah. We want you to do this no. instead of that. It was, it was your. We over- don't want to give you money for that type thing. Yeah. yeah, you're over budget. We gave you this. You're over budget. But even Lucas aside, though. Yeah. I I worry that even if there are some directors who can somehow manipulate the right people to allow them to proceed anyway, you hear a lot more failures about that than you. So I love the successes. I love hearing about the directors who put their foot down and said, Nope, we're doing it this way anyway. Mm -hmm. But more often than not, they, they lose. I mean, even Mm -hmm. someone like JMS who has been very public in documenting his experiences in television with that exact Thing, whether it be with Warner Brothers or N- MGM with things like Babylon 5 and Crusade. And then eventually, like Netflix gave him all the room he needed with Sense8. And he was able to, him and the Wachowskis was able, were able to make what they wanted to make. Like there's so many cases where we probably could have gotten good movies if we didn't have those battles. I love seeing the directors win those battles, but I wish... Mm-hmm the studios would just butt out in the first place. <laughs> Don't we all? You know, you, I, I hate to say you're just a checkbook. would just butt out. But you're just a checkbook. Yeah, Let the creatives exactly. do their job. Exactly. If you don't trust the creators in the first place, don't hire those creators. Don't hire them. 
Oh, that is such wisdom in these times. Yeah, well, I have very little to go around, so I try to throw it out there when I can. Um, we're at about an hour, 15 minutes into the episode here. Yep. What, man, Joker 2, I just, back to that issue, I cannot see any reason to continue this story any further, other than maybe I could argue doing it right this time. And actually giving us a story. <laughs> yeah. But like beyond that, there's nothing about this film and the way it's presented. And it's okay. Listen, I'm not trying to to rip on the film. I'm, I'm just saying it is one thing. It's not something else. So for what it is, I loved it. For what it's not, I didn't. And that sadly for me was what I was really looking for. I really wanted to to see either the sociological depth or the psychological depth. And I saw neither. Yes. But regardless, do we neat like where do you go with the second movie here there's just no reason mm. that i can see to to do that like with this style of film you kind of hit that pinnacle of what you were trying to get across artistically it feels like are you not just so, rehashing the same thing if you bring it back again so you're going to have to change the genre and right. you're going to have to make it about an evolution between Bruce Wayne and Arthur. Which is not the, the, the yeah, realm that saying. this movie is trying to, to play in. No, that's what I'm saying. You have to change the genre. Right. I think that's a problem. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, but what, what I'm thinking, where do you go with the Joker 2 as, as a Joker story and not make it about Batman or, or anything else? The only thing you can I mean, really do... Is, is to have him continue down this road, right? And turn into, rather than someone who has killed a handful of people, turn him into a full bore serial killer. And to some extent, like a, a gangster, like uh, uh, turn him into this leader that he doesn't want to be. And I guess show the progression through that, like people rallying to him when he doesn't want to be rallied to and, and kind of show things growing beyond his control. And now he's kind of stuck in this situation where things are bigger than what he's able to handle, I'm, I'm which sorry. I guess are then is analogous about, to society. But like, that, Are you talking about Spider-Man or are you talking about Joker? I'm just, I'm, I'm confused. Talking about Joker. Okay. Where do you get Spider-Man Spider -Man come from? <laughs> I, the the leader who who doesn't want to be a leader, the the people who want to draw him into. I don't really see, but oh, gentlemen, did Spider-Man have like a whole posse that were trying to <laughs> rally behind him? Um, or did I miss something? I think he did, but that's okay. Well, regardless, I, I can't see. That's the only direction I can think that they could take the Joker without a Batman. And as soon as they introduce Batman, it becomes a superhero movie. And as soon as they do that, well, the entire narrative changes. It becomes a Batman movie. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, don't, know. I don't know. I Again, I mean, we, we said it before. I don't think any any one of us want to see another Joker movie. No. Yeah. All right. Any last thoughts on this movie before we wrap up then? I would say that this is a movie that people, 
may be able to get something out of and may enjoy, but it's just as likely that they won't enjoy, even if they're able to appreciate that it's a good movie. It doesn't mean they're going to like it. They're definitely not yeah, going to have fun en- watching it. Yeah, I think enjoy is the wrong word. No right. one's going to enjoy this movie. Um, appreciate it, you know, give something back to you type thing. Yeah, but not enjoy. I, I did not hate it. There was a, oh, a period I, of time. Oh, I did. What's that? <laughs> I said, oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, and there's I, a I period of time I thought I would and, too. Okay. And I didn't. So it was better than my expectations, but I still didn't enjoy it. And I would have been perfectly fine having never seen it. Yeah, I bet that sums it up. I mean, I got to the credits and I went, oh my God. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, good. It's over. You know, it's right. My first thought was, my gosh, what am I going to say on the podcast about this? Rather than that was a good movie or that was a bad movie. Instead, it was like, wow, I feel like I have to do homework now. Yeah, well, I got to the end and I thought, oh, God, I hope they didn't really like this because I'm going to be the odd man out. (laughs) Right. All right. Robin, your thoughts on it? Just in closing. I feel more informed uh, for our community for watching it. Okay. All right. There you go. Well, we would like to know what you out there think about it. Oh, hold on a second. Carrie jumped into the chat here. Joker 2 would give rise to the actual Joker. I'm not convinced the character from this movie is the actual Joker. So that's another really good point. Yeah, I saw speculation about that online. Yeah, so that would be interesting. Kind of like so a little bit of a spoiler for Gotham. Now that that's done mm. and off the air, I mean, they kind of did that yeah. with Gotham, right? They introduced a character as if you were going to be the Joker and then wasn't. Right. There was a different Joker character. So maybe, but it seems weird to have. I've, I've joked around before with Star Wars being a, a Boba Fett fan that the entire original trilogy is about Boba Fett. Who doesn't even appear in the first movie, but my argument was he's so important. Back to what you were saying, you, you, Heroes only as interesting as his villain is. And so you had the entire first movie just to set up people who were worthy of coming up against Boba Fett. <laughs> and then they had to kill him off at the beginning of the third movie because otherwise, I mean, we all know he would just take over the universe. So what would the universe be like if that didn't happen? And it's all a joke, but it's it's ridiculous and absurd. If they did this, to me, it would feel ridiculous, ridiculous and absurd to introduce a movie, title it Joker, have the Joker in that movie, and then later retcon the entire movie effectively out of existence, saying that never was the Joker in the first place. Mm, you just yes. told us it did. You sold, what, $2 billion worth of tickets or something, insisting it was, and now you're going to say, no, nah, just kidding. Like, that's yeah. the ultimate dream sequence, right? When you dream sequence an entire movie after the fact, like on the second (laughs) film. Yeah. Yeah. Not literally what Carrie's saying that could happen here. Uh, But like, it kind of feels cheap like that to me, but I mean, Carrie, yeah, maybe they would do that. I guess I could see that. I don't like it, but even then back to what Robin said, they'd kind of have to change the genre a little bit. Probably. If now they're saying, well, that wasn't the real Joker. Here's this other real Joker. So then what is the quote real Joker? What are you aiming for there? 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the only thing to aim for arguably would be closer to the comic book material, not further away from it. So you you see what I mean? Now we're kind of. Yeah. If you have to, if, if you're titling it Joker, you have to move closer to the comic book. If you move further away, you have to do something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we would like to know what you guys out there think, guys and gals, and everyone in between. We want to know what your thoughts are. What did you think of this movie? Was it good? Was it bad? Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Are we missing something? It's entirely possible. What are we going to cover next week? That's another good question. Okay. Well, here's my thought. There's. We were talking before about covering things that were a little bit more modern. Um, Now that we can't really, we can't really go out and hit the theaters anymore. (laughs) Right. Maybe we start covering things that have hit uh, home theater release, either new things on streaming or new things available for digital download and purchase. I think that a lot of people maybe have some time now to catch up on things they, they haven't seen before, haven't seen in a while. A lot of people are stuck at home. A lot of people, even if you're not working from home, you might go to work, but then you come home, you can't go out and do anything entertainment-wise outside of home, so you, you're kind of stuck. So um, maybe this is a, a good time to start hitting some of these more mainstream releases and, and make this, I don't want to say like a book club sort of thing, but give some people some recommendations on things that they, they may want to check out. Maybe not things people have to purchase yet. So I don't know, right. like not everybody's going to want to drop $20 to rent the invisible man that we could talk about that no. later, but let's, right. Let's look into some things that maybe have hit streaming recently or, um, well, we're gearing up for spring. Yeah. Yep. Which means we're gearing up for, Movies that the Easter Bunny. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where you're going. No, well, I, I I'm thinking of like you know. I if, think Robin if, wants to see a rom com. It's springtime. No. Love is in the air. Yeah. I, hey, I'm okay with that. There are good rom coms. What do you think, Robin? What, where where are you? Where's your mind going? I I was thinking more of like um I guess a beach beach party for lack of a better. I'm word. not doing Elvis movies. <laughs> not gonna happen. <laughs> All right. Who, who, not, uh, Annette Funicello? Is that Annette Funicello? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. In my mind, I was thinking, what's a equivalent of an Annette Funicello movie? But um, something uh, maybe to take us out of our everyday life, maybe to move us into the season. Um, and if anybody says Groundhog Day, I'm gonna just. <laughs> Well, um, we already kind of did that. So yeah, we did that. You're you're saying something that would be a, a good escape movie is in like yeah. escapism. Okay. Yeah. Maybe not okay. necessarily fantasy though, like not like way crazy escapism, but just like a normal everyday kind of okay. Uh what about maybe some comedy? Something recent. Something recent though, right? Maybe a comedy. I think maybe a comedy. I can't really think of that many recent comedies. 
that have really stood out as being good. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's it doesn't have to be recent. It should be part. something that it's readily on people's like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. You know? Mm. Well, I mean, one really good recent comedy, uh, I'm not even sure how recent it was, I don't remember when it came out, but uh, Where the Millers was a decent comedy, funny, good actors. It was decent. We could do a whole series on road trip movies, but so many of them are. I don't know if there's enough to talk about the same movie. It, but um, yeah. Yeah. What? I'm trying to think. There was something I remember as being a pretty good recent comedy, and I, it's right on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember what it was. Was it Tag, maybe? Tag wasn't bad. Tag wasn't I bad. I don't think I saw Tag. Did we do, did we ever talk about Game Night? I think we did. No. Like a I year or two did. ago, right? Way back. We may have talked about it on Random Chatter at some point. But I think no, we I talked about we covered it. We didn't talk about it here. No. Oh, well, we could do Game Night. I don't. Because I haven't seen Game Night. I know that. I, oh. I don't mind Tag. I don't mind Tag. I haven't seen one of those. And I, would, I would watch either one. I think Game Night was better than Tag. Really? Yeah. Because I haven't seen Game Night. Well, so Tag had more of kind of a... Uh, feel goody heartwarming thing in the background. And that was a little sappy game night was a little more just like really escapism, popcorny over the top game night was more over the top than tag was of the two. Okay. I would probably vote game night over tag, but I'd be happy to cover either one. If you guys have a vote either way, I'm open to it. I just put it out there to our. Uh... I will say game night then. I mean, if I, if it's a decision we got to make, I haven't seen either one of them. I'll watch either one, but. Yeah, I've never seen it, so sure. I mean, the other thing we should probably do, I guess I could search to see if either of them are available on Netflix. Sure. True. So, Robin, while I'm doing that, speaking of streaming, why don't you tell people about sure. your new project? Right. So, um Apes and I are... Uh, That's April, by the uh, way. We're not talking... <laughs> just wanted clarity. Yeah, a April from April and Jay have no ideas. Um, uh, and I are uh, doing a, a show, launching a show quite, quite soon. In fact, we're going to be recording momentarily. Um, uh, streaming Smarties, and we are going to cover um, the streaming side of series and our first show that we are going to cover will be hunters um we have been neck deep in watching it talking about it thinking about it researching about it it's an amazing series and i encourage you if you want to participate in that please 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 um uh click on it uh give it a watch um, it, uh, our show will not have an explicit tag, although I will caution you, um, the show itself is, um, tagged for violence. Uh, um, the show meaning hunters, hunters, right? Yes. Our show will be family friend friendly, but it, it is tagged for, uh, the show itself is, um, can be a little disturbing at times to watch, but it really is a brilliant, brilliant, uh, brilliantly directed 
um, brilliantly written uh, show. Um, and it does actually have a, a little bit of a comedic side to it. Um, and so uh, we will we will get something out there. I'm going to say within the next week, um, obviously, there are those of us in our other jobs that are struggling with to catch up with reality. So, um, you know, but in the meantime, in between breaths, we are, we have delved into this and, um, I hope it's a good time for everybody streaming smarties. All right. I will be just much checking it out. Of course, that means I've got to watch hunters. So Yes, please do. Can one of you look in Netflix real quick to see if Game Night is there? I'm getting mixed information on the Internet as far as whether it is or is not available on Netflix, as well as on Amazon Prime. Apparently, Tag is available on Hulu. Okay, I'll look Um, at Netflix. Though more people have Netflix, it seems, than Hulu. So, But either way, I think either of those would be good. I'm really looking forward to the, the streaming Smarties show. Thank you. So I'm going to go ahead and and give kind of the closing thing here while you guys are looking that up and and we'll drop that information just before we close up the show here. So once again, we, we dropped a lot of stuff here about Joker and we want to know what you out there think about it. So email us movie chatter at random chatter.com. You can let us know your thoughts that way. You can hit us up in Discord. If you go to randomchatter.com slash Discord, you can join for free. And we have channels set up for each one of the shows on the Random Chatter Network completely free. You don't have to be a subscriber. You don't have to donate to us through Patreon or anything. We've got all of those set up for free. And head into the Movie Chatter channel and let us know what you think. Uh, be be careful about spoilers. Um, and there's a spoiler tag in Discord you can use. Uh, if you need help on that, just contact any one of us and we can walk you through it. Uh, now, that being said, for people who do want to help support the network, you can access a whole nother area of Discord, several channels that we have set up kind of as a special thank you to people who help support the Random Chatter Podcast Network. Uh, for information on that, go to randomchatter.com slash Patreon. This streaming channel here, Cinefan, is separate from the Random Chatter Podcast Network, though for now, uh, whenever I'm on a show recording, I'm also streaming it here. We're going to have our own streaming we're going to do for Random Chatter down the road. But for right now, you can help support my network here, not my network, or just a channel, really, uh, by either going to, well, the best way to do it is just to follow it here in Twitch, twitch.tv slash Cinefan, that's C-Y-N-E-F-A-N. And if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can link it to your Twitch account and subscribe for free. And, uh, and that would help support my channel here. I'd appreciate that as well. But mainly just follow and just hang out with us, participate. There's a chat room here. And uh, again, the stuff that we're doing here on the Cinefan channel is also part of the Random Chatter Discord server right now. So come hang out with us and, and check in. Lou, speaking of checking in, what did you find out? I have not found it anywhere, to tell you the truth. Looks like it's on Amazon Prime for three ninety nine, okay. YouTube for three ninety nine. I know it's Netflix on doesn't appear to have it. Yeah. I am not showing that Netflix has either movie. Okay. So tag is on Hulu. Game night, people would have to to probably pay to rent. So let's let's do tag and then okay. if it's cool and great, we'll do game night after. Okay. So that means the two of you watch tag and game night. And if you feel like we have interesting things to say about game night, 
even if people have to drop a couple dollars to rent it. Maybe some people sure. have already seen it. So. Yeah, maybe they have. Yeah, and I don't mind watching any one of them. So yeah. So why don't we do that? Like, I think that right now, you know, we were talking about different themes we could cover, and we've got a couple of things kind of banked away that we're going to start doing. But I think it is kind of good right now with everything that's going on to maybe get some more recent, lighter, fluffier, fun movies to just kind of take us out of the day-to-day drudgery of, of what's going on in the world right now. Because I think that it's too easy to focus on how difficult that situation is. And there's a lot of a lot of fear, even aside from panic, there's just anxiety. Fear is a result of not yep. knowing what's yep. going to happen, the unknown. And right now we have some unknowns still, and, and those are going to become known very soon. But in the meantime, that's causing some anxiety for some people. And that's one of the nice things about fiction, right, is we can go to that as a, a way of, of kind of getting our minds outside of that. And getting a break. So let's celebrate that. Let's find some some funny or otherwise lighthearted movies, and we're going to kind of focus on that going forward with Movie Chatter. And if anybody out there has any recommendations, let us know that too. Again, we already talked Movie Chatter, RandomChatter.com. We talked the Discord server. Let us know what you think, okay? All right. Lou, Robin, thank you for being on the stream tonight. Hello. Thank you to everybody you. in the audience both live and after the fact and for everybody listening through the random chatter podcast network that is going to do it for this episode of movie chatter we will see you again in a week until then everybody take care